Hello and welcome to the Legacy Church Sermons Podcast. At Legacy Church, we help people find their identity in Jesus and their place in His mission to impact the world through the gospel. We ask that you grab your Bibles, listen up, and we hope that you hear a great word from the Lord today. You know, Kevin stated something earlier uh, as we were talking with, through baptism with every person who is being baptized today, that honestly, that there is no sermon that I can preach that's going to be better than the picture that was presented in front of us. Amen? Amen. There's nothing better than to see somebody to proclaim that this word, this gospel message is so true, I am going to take the plunge in front of everybody. Can we just rejoice with our brothers and sisters in Christ that have taken that step? Amen. Now, it is my uh, opportunity, and it's always a privilege to speak in front of everybody, and today I get another ism. Now, my ism is not as cool as baptism, but it's still really cool, right? So my ism is actually volunteerism. <laughs> all right, all right. So I'm going to say it again. Volunteerism. All right. All right, so the reason why I have to say it like that, because sometimes when we hear the word volunteer, especially in church, it means like we're going to have an infomercial of all the things that you need to get involved in, right? I know that that's the temptation of what we think that we're going to hear, but here's what I want to make sure that we understand this morning. As I jump in, we're going to take a look at 1 Peter chapter 4, and we're going to look from 8 to 11. And, but as we look through these verses, I want to make sure we understand that this is not just to uh, advertise what we get into or what we volunteer or what we choose to serve, but it is the heartbeat, the heartbeat of what it means to be a volunteer in any capacity, especially within the body of Christ. I believe Peter, writing through this scripture, teaches something, and it's something that I really believe is so profound for today. And as we take a look, I just want to catch us up to date. Peter's writing to uh, an area, Asian, Asia Minor, what we would consider like modern-day Turkey. But in this particular area, it was still controlled by the Roman Empire. As it was controlled by the Roman Empire, there was lots of persecution, trials that the body of Christ was going through. And, uh, and these guys were not, uh, they came from, I would say, Gentile backgrounds, not, uh, I guess it would be historical Jewish backgrounds, Right. So he wants to truly empower and encourage the church to continue to move, to continue to walk. Because at the end of the day, even as we get ready to read the verse we're reading, he even lifts up the understanding that through the message, through what Jesus Christ did, we have to acknowledge that even though he ascended unto heaven, sitting at the right hand of God, interceding on the behalf, right? We have that understanding, but we have to also acknowledge this, he's coming back again, right? He is coming back again. One day, we don't know the hour, we don't know the time, but he will come back again. But he encourages the church before the verse we're about to read to stay sober-minded, right? And I would say in this particular culture right now that we live in, maybe sober-mindedness is something that we could say is a little bit of a struggle, a little bit. But at the end of the day, it is something that we are called to as believers. But I want to make sure that we understand that it's not about the, the fact that Jesus is coming back, which we know he is, but it's really what is going to happen until he comes back. What are we supposed to do, right? 
And that's really the idea of the text that we are trying, he's trying to relate to the churches. He wants to make sure they understand, even though through the persecution, even through the pain that they're going through, even through the hardships, there's still work to be done, but there's an attitude in how we need to do it, right? All right? Amen. All right. You get your track of me, right? Okay. But if we could turn to 1 Peter chapter 4, 8 through 11. It says, above all, keep loving one another earnestly. Since love covers a multitude of sin, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied gifts, a grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him, be, to him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. All right. We're going to have to work on this talking back thing because i got to hear you a little bit. But here's the thing. The word is so good this morning, I believe that we might hear some talk back, and it's, it's all good, but here's what we want to make sure to do. When we talk about volunteer or volunteerism, I just want to make sure that we have to understand that there's something behind how we volunteer, right? I believe that there is an attitude that we should walk with, an attitude that we should carry when we walk in the act of volunteering, when we serve one another. But even as Peter's calling on the church to stay sober-minded, as he's calling on the church to, to continue in their faith walk, as the church is being persecuted, as they're, he's saying, love one another fervently. My goodness, love one another fervently, right? So, in loving one another, he's really trying to grab the church's idea, uh, understanding that, hey, as you walk in this, walk in love, understanding that this particular love that he's speaking about is something that actually covers a multitude of sins. My goodness, I, I remember hearing something from a high school play we had to read. I think it was called The Love Story. I think it was called, yeah, something like that. And somebody stated, uh, love is having to live life without saying you're sorry. And I was like, obviously that person's not married. <laughs> obviously they don't understand the scope of what this thing called love is. But in the context, Peter is really trying to relate to the church that, hey, as we walk in faith with one another, just understand this. We are to walk in a love that is fervent, in a love that covers people. He wants them to acknowledge that through the pain and through the hurt, through the issues that are going on, to walk in this ability to just make sure that, hey, I'm not going to focus in on all the issues that they have. I want my first response to reflect who the name of the Lord Jesus Christ is. And we know Jesus is love. Okay, we're going to work on this. We know Jesus is love. All right, and in that sense, he, wants to, he really wants them to understand hospitality. Hospitality is tough because even at times if love is not the center stage of our focus, if it's not the center stage of anything, then it's going to be hard to want to be a servant's heart or serve anybody. 
because we're always going to be like, oh, I don't feel like it, oh, I don't want to do it. That, that tends to be the temptation that we fall into, right? And in this, Peter reminds the church, hey, show hospitality with one another. Serve one another. Within that love, serve one another without grumbling. Now, you have to understand at this particular time that they were meeting in churches, I mean, houses for church services. So uh, could you imagine being in a church service and saying, hey, Patrick, it's your day to lead the church service, so we need your house today. And you're supposed to have the attitude of love, right? But at times, they would come and find that that they were grumbling at times because sometimes you don't want people in your house, right? (laughs) Could you imagine that? Could you imagine the mindset that they had to walk with? Peter's trying to encourage them, walk in love, walk fervently in love so that you can show hospitality with one another with that same spirit leading you because that spirit moves away from this thing called uh, grumbling, right? I, I think, honestly, if we were to take an illustration of what it means to even serve, we have to look at the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen? Well, we, we also have to understand this, and it kind of leads to the first thought. We have to know that his love should remain the centerpiece of our why. Or the center focus. His love should remain the center focus of our why. So, you know, the, the funny thing is, um, when we think of this, added this uh, understanding called our why, sometimes we think of TED Talks or something like that. Find out your why. And here's one thing that we need to understand is if we are serving one another, if we are utilizing certain things that God has gifted us to do, we must have this underlining uh, factor, this motive that is only centered on his love. Now, I understand today maybe that is a, a tougher, uh, tougher situation or a tougher thing to even have in the center of our hearts because there's a lot of conversations going outside of the church and sometimes even amongst ourselves as brothers and sisters of Christ, in Christ, we find ourselves in conversations where it's kind of hard to love at times, right? We look at the, what's going on in the news. We look at what's going on in social media. We see what's going on in certain families. And maybe the temptation is because people think differently or perhaps because of the background that they come from doesn't match your background or because maybe the politics might be a little differently, I prefer not to show love at this time. But here's the thing about what Peter is really calling the churches to do, and I believe we need to also step into, is to make sure that we step into love before we step into any point of view that we personally have, right? We have to make sure his love ultimately and always will be the center focus of why we move forward in our walk with the Lord, in the walk with one another. 
We have to really acknowledge the fact that the work that Jesus Christ did on the cross is far beyond anything and any argument that we can have here on this earth. And that's why I say the best person to illustrate this is the one we call Jesus. For he, he came to, from heaven and he came down to this earth. And John 3.16 shares his why. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. He didn't come to condemn this world. But he came so this world could be saved. His why, was the center, his, his why was love, and that should re reflect what we do and how we volunteer today. So even as we have this conversation of volunteerism, which I, I know that you guys were really happy about this morning, <laughs> we need to reflect and re understand why are we volunteering? Why are we serving? And I pray that it's named on us that the reason and underlining factor of why our motives is to serve or to volunteer is to share and reflect the love of God. We, we understand even in verse 10 where he, he starts talking about gifts. These particular gifts that Peter is talking to the church about, he gives gifts graciously with fullness of his love. These gifts are we to operate in. So the gifts the Lord has given continues the work and mission of the Lord. We need to remember that the gifts that Peter is talking about to the church, it is something not only for ourselves, nothing to hoard, but it's something to be released for one another. It reflects through that love and lens, that, that lens of love, so that we can continue to serve one another with these particular gifts. So even as he talks to the churches, he understands that these churches, the individuals in there, they have specific gifts just like we do. And in these gifts, we need to acknowledge this, that God is so full of grace and he's so full of love that he's not going to withhold gifts from anyone who believes in him. He gives gifts to all who believe in him. Now it is now our opportunity to give what the Lord has given to us. So we are to steward these particular gifts as well. We're to acknowledge that the power comes from him. And as we walk, it comes from this, this source that we know who lives inside of us named the Holy Spirit, reminding us, hey, we got to keep these gifts active. Yes, it looks different because there's different people and there's a variety of people out there. So these gifts are not going to look the same anywhere, everywhere, but we have to acknowledge that we need to use whatever gift that the Lord has given. He wants to challenge them on that. And I would say like this, as some of you know, maybe through the newsletters, I had the blessing and privilege to go see some of our partners. I was able to go to Canada and I was able to go to Mexico. And as I went to Mexico, there's a conversation I had with the pastor of this particular ministry. His name is Diego Henson. He's in Topeka, Mexico, three hours away from uh, Guadalajara, right? So as he's talking and he's talking about how he continues to plant churches after being in ministry in that particular area for 30 years. 
He said many years ago he determined something. You know, I think back in the day we used to think that we had a successful service if our congregation was full, right? And he used to feel the same way. The crowd determined how successful the service was. But he stated something to me that was so profound and so in your face that it just kind of amazed me. He stated to me that, hey, Patrick, you know, we don't look at success through the crowd anymore. We look at success by how many volunteers showed up to serve. He said whenever they changed that mindset of theirs before looking for the crowd, basically they were able to plant even more churches. They were able to disciple more people. They were able to affect more lives. They were able to, to speak into those who were struggling in different areas of their lives, all because he stated, if you take somebody who has a specific gift and utilize them, they might be able to affect somebody's life outside of myself. And that's really the heart of it all, right? As we utilize this gift, remember, we are being used to continue his mission. And yes, I know that the gifts are not going to look like Pastor Kevin or the two Ustons or whatever, you know. It's not going to look like all of us who are standing here. It's going to look a little different. We have to acknowledge this as well, that some of us have, have got, obviously gone to school and some of us have not for this particular uh, thing we call ministry. But even in that, we have to remember the Holy Spirit has still given gifts to every single person who believes in him that, so that this mission can go forth, so that people can continue to hear, so people can continue to be heard, uh, helped and encouraged and even empowered. Remember that even as you sit here and listen to this guy speak to you this morning, the message of Christ, yes, is going forth, but the message would go forth even more as we volunteer our time, as we volunteer ourselves to somebody else who either doesn't know him or who does, who is within this, this church. And I would say in the context, Paul, Peter is talking about uh, the church serving and assisting one another, utilizing the gifts for one another. Why? Because we ultimately need to be strengthened. We ultimately need to be matured. We ultimately need to go the direction that God has called us to. We need to remember as we move forward in those particular gifts that we are reflecting the love but we're also fulfilling his mission. Remember that. Because whenever we talk about volunteerism, like I said, there's many different things that come into our, our head. The temptation is, I don't have time. Right? I think that's a temptation. Uh, I don't have the knowledge or the know-how to move forward. I don't have certain abilities. I don't look as cool as Patrick. <laughs> That's not true. I'm joking. I'm only joking. But at the end of the day, you do have distinct gifts, and those distinct gifts can still strengthen your brothers and your sisters in Christ. They are gifts that can empower one another. So don't neglect the gift that the Lord has given you, and don't stay quiet with that gift that the Lord has given you, but utilize it. Amen to that? Amen. Man, you guys are as quiet as a church in here. 
We have to remember, as Peter even continues to talk, he talks about specific giftings, right? So he's talking about certain ways of how people can speak. As, as a matter of fact, it says in verse 11, whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Even as Peter talks through this particular part of the text, we acknowledge this, that Peter is wanting them to utilize their gifts, but their gifts have a byproduct, and that byproduct comes to the understanding of who is glorified. The person who is glorified is not ourselves. And I have to admit that I do come from a church background that would state, uh, as a matter of fact, there's a pastor who said it best, that I come from a, a church that, uh, that they do gifts, gift sniffing, I guess you could say. So basically, if you operate in a certain gift, you're lifted high a little bit. And if you're not uh, utilizing certain gifts, then you're looked down upon. Pray that that's not here. I don't think it is. But that can be the temptation. If certain people can preach... Man, that, that people look at that and they say, wow, that's an amazing gift. But what if it's just called to service, to be the person behind the scenes, to volunteer their time to not be seen? That's really what it is. Even as I teach, I know that I'm seen, but at the same time, I pray that the name of the Lord Jesus Christ is glorified through the teaching and through the preaching and through everything that I do. And I believe that should be true of all of us, is that through the volunteering or through the service that we do, that Jesus' name be glorified through everything that we say, everything that we respond to, his name be lifted and not our own, right? At the end of the day, we have to also remember this, that he is ultimately the greatest volunteer to ever step foot on this planet. And I want to reflect and I want to look like him. I want to be like him in everything. Peter really wants to encourage the church to utilize their gifts so that Jesus is known. So that people understand who he is. So that whenever maturity is happening, it's not happening through the, another uh, vessel, but it's happening through the power and knowledge of Christ. Remember, Jesus is to be glorified through the work that you do. Whether you're volunteering your time here at children's ministry, when you're sitting down with a young child and you're expressing the gospel message to them, that Jesus is being glorified. But the underlying factor is that I'm going to serve as I love that child. I'm going to make sure that the mission of Jesus Christ is continued through the work and the things that he's called me to utilize. All those things should be encompassed by the power and love of Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, I got a little bit of announcement today. Can I say it? Somebody was asking me this morning because we had a lot of boxes here this week, right? So these past few years, our church has volunteered and served in this capacity of sharing Operation Christmas Child Boxes. And as we've shared the Operation Christmas Child Boxes, each box has the ability to present the gospel to maybe 10 people as a child receives uh, that, that box. Usually, I think the, the normative uh, number that we give is about 140, 130 something, or 150 at the most, I think it was. 
But I want to say thank you to, to you guys because you have volunteered your time, you've volunteered your money to serve somebody who does not know who Jesus is, right? And through that, I, I believe that the number that we gave is about 318 physical boxes. And yet, there's still actually 11 that were purchased online, which that could change at any moment. But that does reflect volunteerism. Not only are you just packing boxes just to get something done, but you are committing yourself to the understanding that, hey, I want to love, I want to share and reflect Christ's love. And the way that I'm going to do it is as I pack these boxes, I am packing for the simple fact that his name is going to be known. I am packing these boxes because the mission of Jesus Christ is continuing through this gift that he's given me to at least have enough funds to actually purchase things for this box. We have to remember that even through it all, that the name of the Lord Jesus Christ is glorified through these boxes and potentially has the opportunity to present the gospel to many people within the families that, that receive. That's the heartbeat of volunteerism. And that's the heartbeat in which we are to respond and walk in every single day as we volunteer our time to maybe talk to a friend about the name of the Lord or maybe respond to a situation where they're struggling, maybe in, uh, in depression or some other uh, issues that might be going on. There are things that God has gifted you and uh, created you to be a part of. And in this whole thing that his name is glorified, his name is to be honored. As we say yes to things to serve in, may the name of the Lord be glorified. As we say yes to the things to serve or volunteer, may the love of the Lord shine through us. And may it shine so bright and may it shine so deep that even though the people come from sinful backgrounds, may our response be, I love the Lord so much that I am going to see past the things that these people are struggling with and I am going to choose to love them. Whether they're coming from a different background, whether whatever situation they're in, I choose to love first. I choose that because he first loved me. In the heart of volunteerism, I know that there are things right now that we can get involved in at this very moment. There are, there are certain ministries. I know that for the ministry that I get the privilege of serving, there's a missions action team. And one of the reasons that the Operations Christmas Child boxes were so, uh, so on point this year is because we had a strong team to lead it. A lot of strong volunteers who had the heart and the love. There are people in children's ministry right now giving themselves to uh, what the Lord has called them to, to serve the children so that the name of the Lord Jesus can be, be uh, deep within their heart. So today I want to make sure that as we get ready to walk out and go about our, our lives, that as we are about to say maybe yes to something, remember these thoughts, to love fervently. And may it not be a love that just stays within the four walls of Legacy Church, but may it be the love that extends his message through all the city of Plano or wherever we are from. 
May we continue his mission through the gifts that he has given us. May we glorify the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because we are reflecting. We are just reflecting who he is. You say, but Patrick, you're talking about being a volunteer. How is Jesus the greatest volunteer? Well, I'm going to paraphrase a certain part of the gospel. And this is your homework this week. I'm going to give you a homework assignment. And it's John 18. (laughs) John 18, 4 through 11 is really where it derives from. It was really the night that Jesus was betrayed and then all the people came to, the guards came to uh, come and find Jesus and take him away. But there are certain things that I notice in this particular gospel that maybe it's not uh, said exactly like this in the others, but it stands out to me. It really does because it reflects the nature of who he is. It reflects that everything we talk about when we say that Jesus is love, that he ultimately is a God of love. When they come to him, in verse 4, you find that he, he asks them, whom do you seek? He asks them. When those, those guards come to arrest Jesus, he asks, whom do you seek? They answered, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus didn't buck, he didn't hide, he didn't run away from the challenge, he didn't run away from volunteering, but he said, I am he. But the interesting thing is when he said, I am he, not only once, but two times, the language in verse 6, it says, they drew back and fell to the ground. It's as if they understood something when they were walking in his presence, that maybe they are in the presence of somebody that's beyond the scope and the realm of this world. He is beyond their, cap- their, their understanding. They fell back. But you know, after, obviously we understand what happened after this. They got up and they tried to arrest Jesus. Peter got involved, he cut off somebody's ear. But Jesus healed that person with the cut-off ear and basically told Peter, hey, you can't stop me from doing this. I need to do this. The reason why I say Jesus is the best and the representative and the, the, the picture of volunteerism is because we understand there that as they, as they drew back and fell to the ground, that we can understand that Jesus was in control of the situation. We can understand that he, he worked that whole thing out until they even took him to prison. He willingly gave himself up for us all. He willingly, the next day, took the cross for us all. He willingly took the beating before he even entered the cross for us all. And that is what I say is the the greatest volunteer of all time. When we volunteer, it's not just a thing to just pass time, but it's really to reflect who Jesus is. When we say yes, 
we are reflecting who Jesus is. May we not forget that Jesus is the greatest volunteer to ever step foot on this planet. And when I volunteer with those attitudes that Peter is speaking about, loving, utilizing gifts, and glorifying the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that is how we are to volunteer. Do you guys receive that word this morning? Can we bow our heads and pray together? Father, right now I do thank you. I thank you, Lord, for your power. I thank you, Lord, for your love. I thank you, Lord, that you are the representation of how we are to volunteer. I thank you, Lord, that for all those who heard, Lord, that we walk out here with this ability to walk in love, a love that has the ability to shine a light that goes beyond the scopes of people's struggles, pain, or sins, but, Lord, in a way ready to show hospitality and serve and minister one another here within the church and even outside of the church. I pray, Lord, that you help us with your strength and help us with your wisdom to, to speak when needed, to, to pray when needed. And I just ask, Father, as we do this, as we volunteer our time, help us to have the motivation that your name is to be glorified through everything that we do, that we reflect the good news of Jesus Christ. It's in the name of Jesus we ask and pray all these things. We all say, amen.